There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? It's a smoky day in East Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a whitetail weatherman here with my buddy KC. What's happening, dude? I uh, just went to a doctor's appointment with my wife. You know, one of those baby appointments, mm-hmm. and it was completely unnecessary, but. That's what they do to you, apparently. They just yeah. want to charge you $200 to come in and look at your belly and say, all right, see you in nine or four they, weeks. They but looked at your belly? Nah, that, thankfully not. Um, <laughs> I thought that's what you They got a little confused. Wait, which one's pregnant? To look at your belly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the white-tailed bot is in full effect at the moment. But, uh, nah, I mean, it was fun. It's it's fine. You know, whatever, whatever it takes to make my wife feel comfortable and happy right now, I'm good with. So you know? a big bod helps that, or...? You having going a big to bod? the doctor? Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was gonna say if you didn't want a big bod, you could join this uh, my neighbor, my friendly neighbor over here. <laughs> the marathon a day lady. She has been running for the last two hours. <laughs> I yep. can't believe it. Yeah, I was but, eating breakfast last time she came. Well, there you around. go. You're probably still you're just eating cereal while you go too. That's the thing is that you're <laughs> stuck in the space time continuum where nothing's advancing. You're still eating breakfast and it's one forty four. I didn't eat cereal this morning, so I had to get something. Mm, Let gotcha. me tell y'all, a midday snack of honey bunches and oats, just dry, out of the box, is a pretty good midday snack. Speaking of honey bunches of oats, I went to Brookshire's last night and they were out of the generic honey bunches of oats, and I had to buy generic, the, like. The orange box? No, the like, uh, oh, oh, oat, the not oat blenders or whatever oh, honey they're called. Oat blenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bag cereal guy for show all the time, and yeah. they were out of them. I was disappointed. But I'll tell you what, dude. The generic brand of Lucky Charms is called Marshmallow Mateys, mm-hmm. and it's in a box, mm-hmm. and it is better than Lucky Charms. I, I think that most generic brands are. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like there are a few. There are. I'm feel more like a fifty-fifty. Like in cereal, or do you mean in like general things? Mm, I'm thinking about cereal. Okay. I think See, right I think now. that like I've had the Cocoa Krispies, which are the Cocoa Puffs, uh-huh. and they're really good. Yeah, they are. Um, the Cocoa Mateys. No, what do I have right now? The Cocoa Rockies. Is that yeah. with marshmallows? No, it's Cocoa Pebbles. Oh, okay. That, gotcha. Those are really good too. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to beat Frosted Flakes. Like Standard? the Frosted Flakes. Ooh, I you know, know it, man. I used to get eat Frosted Wheaties every morning. <laughs> Dude, it's about the same thing, you know. It's good, good stuff. Yeah, it is, but man. Anyways, uh, speaking of cereal. <laughs> let's get cereal try, here. Let's get real cereal in this podcast. <laughs> uh, what we were going to do today is talk a little bit about our last few hunting trips and then really put together a late season strategy 
like our December strategy because it's not like we're salvaging a season as a team, but as a KC, I'm trying to salvage a season right now. Uh, so <laughs> you've done some killing. Uh, speaking of, some of that killing is going to be on the tube of views. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my tube. Yeah. Or YouTube. <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, yeah, I killed a buck in Texas on public land. You probably heard if you're a listener, and that video, by the time you listen to this, will probably be live, unless you are listening like right as this comes out. But it's going to be coming out pretty much simultaneously with the video. So uh, if you're listening to this, go to YouTube right after this show and listen and uh, watch the video, because it's really cool. It's like, I think it's going to be like 25 minutes long, so uh, it's a good like evening watch. Um uh, you know, after you wind down, man, get some dinner and watch this thing. But a lot of buck footage in that 25 minutes. Dude, uh, I don't know how much actual footage I had of this buck, but I mean, I, I think I was right on top of his bed pretty much because as soon as, I felt like as soon as he stood up, I saw him. I don't know for sure. I just, when I turned around, he was standing there not doing anything. And for the next like 15 to 20 minutes, probably more than that, but at least I would say probably at least 20 minutes he like milled around through persimmons didn't really eat a whole lot he was just kind of looking around then he would sniff something then he would smell then he would eat sniff and smell the same thing uh and then he would uh like rake a bush and then he would like you know kind of scrape a little bit and just acted like a real like a buck that had just woke up kind of thing let me just check all the boxes right quick Dude, after he I did wake it all. up and I, I've got <laughs> I got footage of it all, man, and, you know, even at 80 yards, he's through the persimmons. It's kind of kind of tough to see him at first, but, uh, I mean, he gets to, like, 40 yards and just starts messing around and doing all this stuff, and then finally, at, like, 35, he takes off, and it's go time, and, yeah, if you've heard, you've heard the story, if you listen, but, anyway, it's a cool video. Go check it out here in a little bit, and uh, we now will get to the podcast, essentially, which... What we wanted to do was kind of recap our Kansas trip that happened, I guess, last week mm-hmm. um, and talk about that briefly because it, like Casey was saying earlier on the phone, like there wasn't a whole lot of highlight from that, from what happened on that trip. And it was a, it was a weird, very weird trip. We'll talk about that. Then we'll go into some of our uh, strategies that we're going to have uh, here from here forward in the end of the season here. And so like... In Texas, we go into the first or second week of January, whatever it is. I haven't looked at the end date yet. Um, and then, you know, in Kansas, we end at the end of the year. Um, so we're kind of going to talk about all that towards the end. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. But uh, Kansas, you were there before me. Is that right? Did you get there no, before me? No, you got there before me. I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I did. That's right. Yeah. I went up on. I went up uh, after church Sunday or mm-hmm. something like that. And or, I had to. Yeah. I had to leave, uh, or was it a Wednesday? I, I don't know. Sunday. I can't remember. Yeah, probably Sunday. Because I was there yeah. a long time. That's right. For how little action there was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what happened that evening? Um, I can't remember. Did I leave out early? You I left out left that out morning. Early. You were a church skipper that day. I did. Oh. I skipped it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to skip as much as I can before I start leading worship. Yeah. I can't skip <laughs> That's <ever>. right. <laughs> now, you're going you're gonna to feel the boat that I'm in at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember what happened that evening, but I don't think it was much. Man, my memory, let me tell you this, guys. This is a problem that I'm sure a lot of you are going to laugh at me about, but um, I am having trouble recalling things, which is good because it's a good reason that I video mm-hmm. because I can go back and see this stuff later on. I've got all this stuff documented, sitting on hard drives, whatever. But I can't remember a whole lot from November because I feel like I hunted, I may have hunted 22 or three days of November or something like that. Like That's I a hunted lot, sir. a lot of days <laughs> yes. man, um, in November, which uh, kind of off subject here, but I, uh, one of the best years of bass fishing in my life was in college. Um, right after I got done with football that next spring, um, I was just a student. And I set up my schedule so that I could go home and take like four day weekends and fish. And I fished, I fished, I believe 20 exactly, or just over 20 days in the month of March and had a good spring, man, that year. It was. That's right, know, man. You throw some four day weekends in with a spring break week. Like, you exactly. get a lot of fishing done. Dude, it was, it was so fun. Speaking so of fishing, fun. we're not trying to derail or anything, <laughs> but 
My dad caught a, he now thinks, uh, in the 40s pound Appaloosa catfish on a crankbait. Dude. Uh, yesterday or Two, Saturday. A couple days ago, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was fishing weather on Saturday, yeah, which is it's crazy. fishing weather right now. Uh, dude, here's the thing. I think that we had the same thing last year where November was a colder month than December. Mm-hmm. It's it's strange because you're like, oh, man, global warming, hey, you know, and then like <laughs> December gets here, you're like, oh, man, it's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 uh, it, you, as a hunter, at least in Texas, like you kind of look forward to December. Uh, the rut might be kind of winding down a little bit, especially as the month pushes on, but that cold weather just gets deer on their feet. And man, if we keep having mild days of 60 as a high and, you know, 40 as a low, it could get kind of tough. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, I guess, why we're going to talk about late season strategy, but Kansas! Kansas. <laughs> uh, th- dude, I, and like, I guess what I was trying to get to through all this was that I don't remember a whole lot um, day, day to day from the trip, mm-hmm. but I did have, you know, a couple of encounters that I guess I could, I could talk to. Um, I guess you had probably more action like early on than I did or... No, your camera did. That's the thing. The, the <laughs> highlight of this trip. Let's just go in and lay it out. You got in Sunday night late, right? I did. Sunday night uh, very late, like one thirty, because they had traffic on the interstate shut down to one lane. It's a good thing you're a young man. Who, man. Well, that and the fact you uh, you let, you once again let your family book a, a uh, big, big event on the day you're about to leave out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just have a Thanksgiving like four days after the actual day which is fine it's fine it's fine uh i don't know it, it all went fine my family didn't start cooking until three hours after they were supposed to so that's the main issue yeah it was, that was the uh that the and problem and the primary concern was that right there yeah. um yeah i mean we both pretty much got to kansas and didn't have action uh my first day i showed up um and did the truck thing that morning and so did you on monday morning um and for me, it was completely unproductive. That's right. I saw three do- or four does cross at like 9 a.m. and didn't even go look at my stand location. So I had a good morning that morning. You did. Show. So let me get my little easy one done, and you can tell us <laughs> the actual fun stuff. Uh, so part of the big strategy on our permission places in Kansas is corn, right? Like uh, making a food source in a place where there are no food sources and uh, the does walked right past where corn should have been, and they did not even look at it. So that told me that there's probably not any there. After sitting there for like a week or two, right, mm-hmm. like 10 days or something. So corn got hammered, no deer, um, and I just sat in the truck for a while that morning. But then went and scouted out a piece of public and bumped a big buck which was bittersweet because he was not seen the rest of the trip. Dude, bitter for me because <laughs> I uh, I hunted there the next morning and had the coldest hunt of my life, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Not really, but uh, I did have a cold hunt. The wind was just raging me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the morning before, when we did the uh, when we did the truck scout and stuff, we didn't we just couldn't make winds work up there for the properties. And we thought well, this was uh, the strategy was okay, this is early in the hunt. If it's a marginal wind, we're gonna try to try to not just completely, you know, let the area come undone because of our scent or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're gonna try to just stay out and go hunt it on a good wind and kill that day. You know, what yeah. I mean? But the funny thing about these hunts is that early in the hunt, it's still late in the hunt because we're not spending a bunch of time because of yeah. family and other obligations with church and stuff like that. So, I mean, for me, it was a two and a half day adventure so mm-hmm. burning one day of trucking is not fun yeah but you trucked that morning i did i, I went to uh, 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 check out a piece of private essentially the the land adjacent the field adjacent had a big buck in it last time and so i went to see if he's still up there and i'm not sure if this is the same buck or not that i saw the last time i was up here but um if it was he's a little bit smaller than i thought he was um and so not that I like. He's a buck I would love to shoot, mm-hmm. but he's not quite as large as I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Just that's just a, I guess, a point to be noted or whatever. So anyway, I saw that buck, and then I also uh, checked out a piece of uh, uh, just a small piece of public that uh, doesn't look like much, but um, like the surrounding properties are what make it good, and or have potential to be good. And so I saw um, a big buck 
there from a long ways, and all I could see was his rack because he was kind of the lay of the land. He was in this field eating and chasing does or whatever, chasing does while the, field, while the does were eating. And and so I was I decided to go in and hunt him that evening because that was kind of my best option on that wind and ended up, I don't know if it was the same buck or not, but I did see a good buck that evening, and I, I ended up um, having an encounter from a distance where I was not like a little buck, basically, as I was going into this piece in the afternoon, I saw him bedded. Um, and I, the little buck is what kind of kept me from getting into the position that I wanted to, because he was in a draw. And I thought if I bust this buck, uh, there's a chance that he runs back down the draw and takes everything with him away mm-hmm. from the sag field. And so I kind of had to sit in a marginal position and that ended up, I think, giving me a hard time getting in close to this buck. And when I showed him the decoy, he looked at it for all in all, like 15 minutes probably, um, between, and didn't get spooked at first, but then about five minutes or or so in, he finally decided this was not good. And I was being aggressive because it was getting dark and I, I rattled at him to snort wheeze and that kind of thing. And he was kind of far and he just, he didn't like it. And I kind of wonder sometimes if you get into a position with that decoy that a buck feels like, or a deer feels like, it should have seen you before you got there mm-hmm. as a deer, um, whether that's like short grass or, you know, Milo stubble or whatever it is, then I feel like sometimes that deer gets real weirded out because it's like, ah, I should have seen this deer coming from another 150 yards, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know, but that buck spooked out and that kind of ended my hunt. Uh, and I went and took some, some pics of, uh, some really cool, uh, sunsets and looked for some deer that kind of thing for the last like 15 minutes so so that was your evening um my evening was actually pretty eventful uh sands like giant whitetails uh so i actually went to the the permission place that i was glassing that morning and saw those does and thought i was gonna be able to sneak in there and hunt it on a just off wind and got in there stand on my back and everything and it just wasn't going to work. Like, there was a chance I could have done it. There's, like, some really weird ways I could have, like, stayed on the ground and glass from afar and snuck up or whatever. But just as far as, like, legitimate chances, not a good not a good thing. I went in there, and the wind was pretty much blowing directly up a drainage where most of the deer come from. Mm-hmm. So I decided to back out of there. Well, I went down and pulled the, the trail camera card, which was really a fun thing. Uh, went down there and did that. Um, and looked at the ground and it was like a grass carpet where corn used to be. (laughs) Corn got smoke smoked hard. Um, and backed out and went to that public piece that I'd scouted and saw the big buck, uh, that morning. And I was getting in there kind of late. It was like four, four fifteen or so when I got there. So I decided to just push into the middle of property and just do some rattling and, had two of the closest deer encounters I've ever had in my life. Uh, rattled in, <laughs> rattled in a two-year-old that almost got shot uh, because it was just fun. Um, and it really, uh, I, I, like after the first initial impression, like I realized he was young, he had decent antlers. Um, and then it all happened so fast that I really didn't get a shot. Like filming from the ground while rattling and having deer come in quick is just not a recipe for success. Mm. It's tough. Um, but that deer came to like five yards before he like, either the scent was so strong where he smelled me that it was like a complete, like, let me do a backflip or like somehow he caught me moving very close to him, you know? At that point in time, like, even the slightest movement has got to be pretty noticeable to a deer. Mm-hmm. Either way, he, like, does a backflip and <laughs> runs out to 20 yards and looks at me for a while and then comes back in again to, like, 8 yards and loops around out to 20. And, uh, I don't know, he's, like, in the world for, I don't know, 30 or 45 minutes mm-hmm. and uh, just looks at me and tries to smell me and can't really smell me very good, which is really weird because the wind, he's, like, directly downwind. Maybe he's just young and dumb and rutted up. I, I don't know. But I finally, <laughs> I've always wondered about this. I put my I put my rattling antlers on my head. This is not rifle season, by the way. Don't do this <laughs> if it's rifle season. Put my rattling antlers on my head and snort wheezed and kind of like moved, you know, like a like a, a mad buck does. And he kind of like tucked his tail and went away. So 
it worked. That that strategy works if you need to run away a deer, but and not be like, oh my gosh, a human. You know, like I think that it worked well. Well, I went to pack up right there and moved to a different spot. And as I'm, you know, kind of packing up my antlers and stuff, uh, I see a doe head peek over the, the the ridge here or the hill. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe there's a big buck behind her. No big buck behind her, but this doe came in grunting, which is weird. Uh, and I thought I had the closest deer encounter of my life five minutes before that. But instead, this doe um, decides to break that record. And, <laughs> like, no kidding. Like, this is not me being, like, Mr. Exaggeration. This deer was seven feet from me. <laughs> like, straight up, if I had a bass rod, I could have hit her in the head with the tip of it. Like, it got to the point where you, you watched the footage a little bit uh, where I was like... Get back, because yeah. <laughs> you know, like I've I, like I've dealt with enough deer, uh, you know, doing game capture and stuff to where I feel like flight or f- uh, fight or flight is going to be something that happens, mm-hmm. right? Whenever uh, you know it gets kind of crazy, and if you're within a certain bubble on a doe, she's about to wear your head out if she has the chance, <laughs> and she was getting real close to that bubble, so I decided to go ahead and just give her the the spook which she didn't even she ran to eight yards and looked at me for a while and then kind of left out so she wasn't even like that spooked but that was crazy like it got to the point where you know how deer have that uh oblong shape to their pupil and you can see the brown around it yeah like she was definitely close enough for me to see that with my naked eye that's crazy that is real real close um i read an article one time about it's, it's called the man who touches deer. i know that article yeah, yeah dude yeah he like gets all in soot you know and uh-huh. like has this like system of uh of different like uh his, like one layer of soot one layer of mud one layer of soot one layer of something else like he has like this this whole system and i he, think like, that's an excerpt deer. from a book i Is believe it? there's a book called man who touches okay deer. well yeah. i i read it I guess I think it was in a magazine article one time, a long time ago. And I thought, dude, that is the coolest, like, to touch a deer. Mm-hmm. So I I want to see – I wish she would have just laid there and seen, like, if she would have just walked around you. Like, because yeah. they, they're, they're, they don't, like, step on logs, so she would probably, like, walk around you. But then when she smelled you, she might freak out. I don't know. But yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, how, how bad do you think, like, a deer just naturally, like, loading up and taking off, stepping on you would hurt? Uh, probably like a kid jumping on you. Okay. I don't think it'd be that bad. Yeah. But it might hurt a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, but I wasn't really in, a, in like her direct path. She was probably going to be like two foot from me, mm. you know, cause I was kind of like down this little hole or something. But anyways, I got it. It was my like, um, instinctive reaction was to tell her to go away. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it wasn't oh, like, yeah. it wasn't like a, I sat there and like, okay, when she gets to this distance, I'm going to tell her to get out of here. It was just like a now kind of <laughs> yeah, thing, you yeah. know what i mean well after that though i uh, ended up rattling in another uh two-year-old who he almost got shot too he actually only came to 50 yards um uh, but i moved down around the hill and kind of went to a different spot or whatever and uh rattled in this buck from a long way i saw him coming straight on from a ways off and he was at that point where like through the grass and stuff i couldn't see his body very well and i just saw antlers and he was pretty tall and like you know it was getting down to business time yeah. for a little while. And then I realized he was younger and, uh, all the while, um, my, uh, threshold of what animal I'm going to shoot is dropping, but I still don't really want to shoot a two year old buck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like now in Kansas, it's like, I'd like to shoot a respectable three year old for sure. And that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and, uh, none of those deer met that qualification, but mm-hmm. fun night for me. Cause I rattled in two deer, or two bucks, and I think the doe came to the grunts or something. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Maybe she came to the rattling. I don't really know that part of you know deer biology or whatever you want to call it. Their social structures on how much a doe is going to come to rattling. I know I've rattled in does before, but not like had one come and want to be on top of where the rattling noise was. You know, mm-hmm. normally it's like a curious thing. But, yeah. And then I left out after that. Uh, saw quite a few deer that night. It was it was fun. But then you and I finally got to go back and powwow a little bit and eat too many cookies and stay up a little bit and watch some basketball. And check a game card that you pulled that afternoon. That's right. Which made you cry. <laughs> Man, this is probably the toughest thing about Kansas the whole year so far. Is uh, I thought it was uh, having the, the giant eight point at 50 yards. But, uh, or the giant 10 point at 45 yards, but no, I think the toughest thing, uh, 
is that there's a buck that I've been kind of calling my dream buck for Kansas. He's not a high-scoring deer, but he's in that like seven and a half year old plus kind of range looking buck. You know, no way to tell, but he's got the old look, mm-hmm. right? And he's got a rack that would lead you to believe he's getting old. Like he might have been like a really big eight or nine point at one point in time, but now he's a like big, massive mainframe seven point, but he's actually a nine because he's got a split two on one side and a split three on the other side. And <laughs> dead gummit, if he didn't. Okay, my first trip to Kansas this season, you and I were there together, and I had to leave out one uh, evening after a hunt to make it back to teach class mm. Sunday morning, uh, which is fine. Don't make me it's sound kinda, so bad. Kind of my standard. Don't make me sound no, so I'm bad. No, it's, it's not your fault. Uh, I, I ultimately, ultimately made the decision, but Tyler and I had just chased around the Giant 10 uh, that afternoon uh, on the ground with a decoy and got to 45 yards, didn't get a shot. And I was dealing with that okay. You know, it was the first hunt. You know, I was like, okay, it's all right. You know, we got permission on this place. When we back up here, I'm going to hunt him some more and kill him. Well, I uh, I was going to go hunt right there from all that at like 2.30. And you brought up the concept like, hey, instead of going in right now and leaving out real late because you got to go back to camp and get all your stuff, why don't you go get all your stuff now? And then you can come back and hunt. You'll save 15 minutes, 30 minutes probably. 30 or more because, you know, doinking around at camp for a while, picking up stuff, you know. And you come in when everybody else is there in in the dark. You're going to talk for a while and leave late. Um, So uh, in an effort to save me time and get to leave from uh, a further south location, um, decided to go back at that point in time and then come back and hunt that evening. We came back and hunted that evening. Had a pretty good hunt, I think. Oh, that was the evening that like I like got in the stand with a buck and bedded at forty yards. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then saw the big young ten that evening. Uh, didn't get a shot. He was at like seventy as close as he got. But anyways, check that camera that night. Timeline's getting confusing now. Back to the present time in the story. Tyler and I are hanging out at camp, checking the camera. The first thing we realize is that. At about 3.15, the split two and three buck... 3.15 on the day that you left the previous trip. Yes, exactly. So, whilst I was getting my junk from camp, this buck came in to the stand location and then left before or as I was entering the property. Mm -hmm. So, pretty much my choice... um, we which was uh, my choice, which was, what's the best way to put this? My choice, which was Responsible. Uh, uh, assisted, but like, I, it would be as if um, I caused a, uh, like a personal foul in mm-hmm. football by punching a guy, but really like you squeezed his leg under the pile or whatever and, and kind of <laughs> instigated it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that'd be the best way to do it. Like okay. it was my foul. But Tyler was involved with it some way. <laughs> Either way, I was not there when that deer came in at perfect shooting light. And later, I had the epiphany that if I would have stayed and not gone and got my stuff, I possibly could have shot that deer, recovered him, taken pictures and video, gone back and got my stuff, and still left earlier than what I did end up leaving <laughs> <laughs> since I went and got my like stuff. Three o'clock. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know it. Yeah. But uh, you know, or if we had, there's another thing where, like, if we had just barged in and just tried to, like, say, okay, we're gonna get within a hundred yards of this deer that's bedded, and we're gonna decoy him earlier in the day when uh-huh. that tin was laying there. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then good. We'll have the rest of the afternoon. Instead, we tried to get to 45 and messed everything up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's like so many different, I think that's deer hunting. Like there's so many different ways to mess things up. And there's like two ways to make things do (laughs) do right, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of times we don't kill deer. Yeah. but And uh, pretty much just the ground thing in general, we have not gotten good at that yet. I think there's a way to. Uh, it's going to take a lot of experiences, and we're getting closer. Uh, and, I mean, if I'd have been shooting my bow a lot more and it'd been a calmer day, not near as windy, uh, I might have would have gotten a shot at 45 yards right yeah. there. But those two factors, 
Well, I think also if there was a tree within miles of us, most of the time we're on the ground, <laughs> then that would help too. Yeah, you know, like, help a lot. we're not. I, I feel like that if we were if we were hunting from the ground here in East Texas or whatever, you know, we could kill deer because of, oh, you can get thirty you, yards from one without you know, yeah, and still have too much brush to shoot. Good you know? wet day, you know. Yeah. I mean, you just walk through the woods and use the oak trees and the cedars and everything like that. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Hunt from the ground here. I don't think you know. I still would prefer to hunt from a tree stand just because uh, you can get drawn easier. I feel like, but yeah. Um, but yeah, where we're at out there, I mean. You're talking about seeing a deer from a quarter mile, and you got to cover all that distance. Sometimes going downhill in grass that's 14 inches tall, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty tough. Um, yeah, for sure. But that then, that kind of uh, was the salt in the wound that evening. Well, but there was more salt in the wound on that game camera card, that trail camera card. What was it? It was the fact that the evening, the or the morning, oh, or was it no the f- evening. That's that's when we pulled it at the end of that trip. So I pulled the card there, and then let's tell the story of us hunting no, this trip. The there was there was deer, like I thought there was deer there like the evening before or the morning before as well. Maybe that's maybe maybe I'm. Confused. I think there was a little bit know. of a deer party. I yeah, thought you had some bucks in there. Pretty much, um, they came in. There was bucks in there. I don't don't remember which ones, but they came in and had a little bit of a deer party. And figured out the corn was like gone. Like Sunday night when you were driving, I think there was, there was deer. a shooter in there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the story gets easier um, <laughs> uh, after we check the card on the trip home, yeah. uh, pretty much. But yeah. yes, so after we check that card, yes, lots of shooter bucks in there, but there's no corn left for them to eat. Um you and I pretty much tag team that stand about the rest of the, the trip. Yeah, and that was not good. We didn't see Jack. No. And and uh I didn't I didn't really have any other I don't think good encounters until you left pretty much. And I didn't hunt much longer than after you left. Um did you have anything else happen? Mm-hmm. Just, just no, us just, hunting together, right? Uh I didn't even have a deer in range. Yeah. After that. Well the so I I decided to stay another day, I guess, or so, and um, I ended up one afternoon. Um, <clears throat> you and I had kind of been talking about what we should, what what should you do this afternoon after I leave or whatever, and we we're like, oh, when's going to be a south, you know, whatever we could hunt here or here. And I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to go over here and hunt. And it was to a, a smaller private permission piece that we had uh, that we obtained last year, actually, and. Um, and so I go in there uh, that afternoon, and I hang a stand. Um, it's super quiet, so and you know that hanging a stand in that lot of trees is like every elm tree leaf still stays there, and there's deadfall, like little elm branches all over, you know. Mm-hmm. It is so loud. And so I, I end up getting up in this tree and, and hanging by myself, and I only had this may not make sense to some people, but I only had one pull string. So I had to go up and down the tree several times instead of like once I can, if I've got two pull strings, I can go up, go up, hang my stand and then come back down, hook up my next two pieces of gear and go up and be in the tree. And Man, so pretty much hanging hunting by yourself is so much harder than when the, with the guy yeah. on the ground to oh, hand yeah. you stuff. So that took, takes a while, obviously. Yeah. And so I do all that. I get uh, I get my my bow hanger in. I get my camera arm set up and the camera going. I think I even s- took my first interview. And uh, I s- kind of sit down. It's still, I mean, it's still relatively early, but not, uh, I mean, I don't need to go somewhere else and hang a stand or anything. And I, I uh, start noticing right about the time I was setting my last little few pieces, I was like, man, that's kind of an east, east wind kind of hitting me there. And I pull out my phone and check the weather app, and there at dark it's going to be a straight east, mm. which blows straight towards bedding. If the deer are bed, like if I'm going to see a deer, the the best likelihood of me seeing a deer in close range that evening is coming from the west, mm-hmm. and I've got a east wind blowing sh- at at dark, you know. So I'm like, well, this isn't going to work at all, and I'm kind of tired because it was just kind of a hard hang and everything, and I'm like. I just sat there for like five minutes like, golly, I got to go do something. So uh, I had already kind of had this plan developing, but you and I texted, and as soon as you came with the idea, I was like, okay, that's what I'm doing. So um, I decided to go down and rattle that bedding, and 
I walked down there, which took a while, but I took everything down. I put it all out uh, on the edge of the field there and then walked down the edge of this tree line, went down there, rattled. Uh, I went real quiet, and then I just bust up in there, rattled, and started running around like I was two bucks fighting, you know. <laughs> And did that for all of. Is there footage of that? <laughs> no, oh. I started. I started not doing good with the footage <laughs> when, you know, I'm getting late in the hunt, late in the year, and I haven't killed, and you just start kind of like not telling the story very well. Yeah. But anyway, I um, I did that and got ready. Nothing happened. Sat there for a while, glass some geese, and then nothing happened still. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I got to get out of here and go do something. So I go down. We, we got another permission on an even smaller piece, um, not too far. And so I uh, actually, this is this is a piece of property that I had missed on earlier mm-hmm. this year, uh, if you heard that story. Um, on the ground, didn't have time to range, missed a deer. And... So I was like, oh, I'll go back down there and see if anything's happening down there, you know. Maybe right here before dark, something will pop out. So I go down there, and I drive down the road. And, I mean, it's literally not far off the road. Uh, the piece that we can – the property that we can hunt is like a couple hundred yards off the road total mm-hmm. is as far as you can get on it. But um, it's ag field, and there's some good brush around it. And so I uh, I, I glass everything, the back of the field, don't see anything, so – hop out go down there uh i didn't take the decoy which might have been a bad decision <laughs> who knows who knows but might have been a bad decision i was like you know what uh, i think rifle was open at the time and i decided i was like man i'm not taking this decoy because this small piece who knows hunt, who's hunting around me mm-hmm. uh i'm just gonna rattle if i need to do that or call or whatever so i go yeah. in and if you're wondering well isn't that private land uh you shouldn't have any problems Road hunting, road hunting up there seems to be a problem. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When rifle opens, uh, dudes. I mean, we've been up there a long time, and dudes, because it's so open up there, mm-hmm. dudes can see deer from a long ways, and they'll just go and shoot deer off the roads. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen guys pulling deer out of private property from the to the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, we found cartridges on the road rifle casings it's not not like comforting no it's not no. it's not <laughs> my dad's been in a field that uh w- looking at deer that were like 75 yards from that were getting shot at mm. from the road mm, fun so, no yeah. it's 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 scary man for sure so i decided not to take a decoy i go in uh, there's two little tree lines that are kind of in these little like just really small sloughs out in the middle of this ag field so i actually go to the the other tree line that i wasn't in when i missed last time uh, because the deer seemed to be more towards that oriented towards that side of the field when I was there, so I I go in there and I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, it's getting kind of dark. I hadn't really seen much. Glassing a little bit, I glass out behind some brush, see some does. Okay, things are moving. I look way off, like a mile away, and there's you know almost a mile away, and I can see deer moving. And so I glass them. Look like does coming out from somewhere else. I'm like, okay, I guess they're moving. It's about sunset, and all of a sudden, uh, deer start coming into my field. Those do, and they're going to end up like right downwind of me if they keep coming. And one of them does, but the other ones didn't quite get into my scent cone. And so, like, this deer just never really left the field, uh, even though she kind of just stood there like alert for probably 15 <laughs> minutes, you know. Um, but anyway, they're pretty close. And then over to the side a little bit, uh, I see a deer uh, coming out, and it's a buck. And I'm like, dang it, man pull my glasses up like that's a good buck you know and there's a doe uh that they're that he's following that i didn't see come out at first it's getting pretty dark and so i'm like all right i'm gonna hit the horns together and just see if he'll come over here you know i need it to happen pretty quick so i hit the horns together and the buck looks up and i pull my binos up and look at him and he's looking at me and then he just like takes off running away from me <laughs> and i'm like no mm, good and so but when he takes off he runs past another deer and it's a bigger buck. Mm. And I'm like, oh, Good. my goodness. Which, by the way, I figured out which buck it is. And you're going to cry. He's a good buck. Um, so I'll, I'll, di- I'll divulge that here in a second. and then Y'all we'll, can't see we'll look, my eyebrows are real high <laughs> right now. We'll look at my picture, or the pictures here in a little bit. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I go, uh, I see that deer, and he's, he's looking alert at me still. And I think that the first buck, he, he had a missing tine, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sure he had maybe been whooped. At some point already, so he mm. took off running. Mm-hmm. This other buck just looked at me for a while and then just kept following the doe. 
and like they were coming a little bit closer, but still kind of going almost perpendicular to me down this field edge. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, over the course of the next several 15 to 20 minutes as the sun, uh, as we're getting close to shooting, legal shooting line, um, this buck and I go back and forth with, with grunts and a little rattling and this and that. And he keeps looking and he, he kind of wants to come, but he kind of doesn't show a whole lot of interest. And then I hit him with a snort wheeze and he got hacked. But there was like, at this point, there was like five or six does in the field, maybe even more, maybe even a few more. And he, uh, he just is like, well, why would I leave all these does to go fight? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if it had been a little closer to the heart of the rut, early November, something like that, maybe I'd have stood a better chance. But when I hit him with that snort wheeze, I mean, he like, he looked at me and then quickly, like, looked straight forward and kind of looked up a little bit, like where, you, you know, how a dude will like, if you, if you ever watch, uh, you know, Monday Night Football or whatever, the dudes that are like, you know, John Wilkerson, uh, you know, Wisconsin <laughs> or whatever. They always have their neck flex with their head looking up, yeah. you know, a little bit. And that's what this buck was doing. And then he turned straight away from me with his head and like looked the other way, like, this dude is not about to disrespect me without me disrespecting him, you know. He wanted to come bad after the snort wheeze, but he just did not quite do it. I mean, every time I'd hit him with like a grunt and especially that snort wheeze, he would like angle towards me for like three steps and then he would end up going flattening back out towards that doe that was mm-hmm. that he was with. And, um, anyway, just got to the point where it just got dark. And so I just like kind of crawled to the back of this, um, little shelter, not shelter belt, but little draw, uh, with the trees in it and just sat there until it got pretty dark on the other side of there. And, um, and then left out and I'm, I probably cleared the field. I'm sure. I mean, there's no good way out of there, Yeah. but, uh, anyway, it's, it's a good buck. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew, uh, I got some good like 4K video of him so that I could crop down and see pretty good, and um, he had a big right brow tine. I remember that from th- seeing him through my binos, and I didn't get a whole lot of footage of him, which I regret. But I was working hard to try to get him in, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I'm pretty sure it turns out that it's one of uh, the big tens that has showed up um, on a camera that we hung. Um, and I forgot about that deer. Uh, he's a good buck. Yeah. And so that that was him. I'm pretty sure. And I, I told you I thought it might have been a big eight from that camera that we hung. Yeah. But, um, uh, but I also had in the back of my mind the thought I thought I saw a G4, but I didn't want to be that guy that's like, yeah, he was a nine or ten point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm pretty sure that's the one. So anyway, we'll look at that footage later on. But that that stuff will actually release uh, as soon as I can get all this stuff coming out. You know, <laughs> uh, it'll be a while, but uh, hopefully you guys will be able to kind of go back and maybe listen to some of these podcasts if you want some some context to those videos, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that happened. And then I think I hunted back in the stand that you and I hunted together that few days before. And, uh, I saw like one deer, uh, actually I saw two bucks really far off. And mm-hmm. then I saw one little spike. That was a cool encounter it was, though. It was cool. Yeah. He yeah. came up like on the place that we dreamed that they would always come yeah, up. That on. was like a, it was pretty well received on the story yeah, too. Cause you took some story footage of it and it's real pretty. Cause you know, there's like grass and stuff in it or whatever. And it's like sunrise. But uh, it's kind of a cut bank from a edge of a creek or yeah, whatever. A lot yeah. of people are were like, "Man, it's beautiful." We're like twenty three foot up or whatever, and the deer's like eye level with us. It's you know? weird, and <laughs> it is. <laughs> we talk, we joke all the time because like you could take a twelve foot extension ladder or something and just run it straight to the tree. <laughs> Or you can go all the way down this embankment and climb twenty something feet up. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's it's you almost feel as if. If you were very athletic and a spider monkey, you could like just run and jump to the tree and grab yeah. a hold of it. But yeah. I don't think I'll do that. The older I get, the less I want to you do that. You keep saying that. Like, man, we can't do this when we get older. We're like, well, we can do it right now. Well, let me tell you, that's the, maybe the hardest stand I've ever gotten into. No, it's not. Mm. No, there's, there's some probably Texas about four or five other ones you've hung. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man, me and screw-ins, like, I can, I can get up in a tree with some screw-ins, and, uh, but uh, I just can't make it perfect ever yeah. like it's always like twisting around or something let me tell you, you i was like okay well you know it took a lot of screw-ins to get up here and then this dude opened his backpack and there's like four more i'm like well, i bought those why later. didn't we use oh did uh, yeah. you okay yeah i, I was like why did we not use these and bought more i got gotcha. you um, but I, I mean 
sometimes it's cold up there and you need to warm up a little bit. And the best way to warm up is to like have a challenging climb yeah. up the tree. Well, let me tell you this. <laughs> if you ever went to college and you went to the rec center and there was a climbing wall, rock wall, and it goes like backwards, you know, mm-hmm. like where you have to like literally hold your body weight, you know, against the gravity. That's what this tree is like. It it curves backwards and you just have to, it is scary. It's fun. I like it. Really the scare, it, that's not, that doesn't bother me at all because it's low to the ground. But the scariest part is there needs to be one more step getting into the, to your stand. Listen, sure. dude, if I can make it, then your long grasshopper looking tail can get up there. It's, I not, know. it's not a matter of making it. It's a matter of that one time the stand shifts. Oh, you yeah, are it's toast, not fun. man. <laughs> yeah. You're a toast. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, but, no, um, no. Yeah, I actually pulled the card from there the day before, and uh, just a little like extra tidbit of information was that the evening that I couldn't hunt it because the wind had backed out, about an hour later, the Big Ten came in and was there in shooting light. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I made the right choice by leaving because of the wind, but man, doesn't it just really stink that you can't hunt that wind and then here comes the big buck? Yep. You know, it's kind of the... I don't know, it's a peril of bow hunting because, honestly, you could find a way to hunt that place with a rifle. You know, it wouldn't be that hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, no matter what wind you're doing. and But, nah, you know, you can, like, that's a, that's like a cop-out for bow hunters a lot. You know, like, oh, if I had a rifle, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> but, it's, I mean, it's just our the choice we made. And, and there you got to draw either or tag, you know. So, yeah. Um, like around here right now, I'm just really making a choice to be an idiot uh, because – I'm about to go hunt a property when I could be having a rifle in my hand, but I'm just going to have a bow. Just well, I was going to say, like, that's why most states make rifle season relatively short. Yeah. But in Texas. It's not short. Like, we it's we want the deer to die It's here. funny. We'll talk to people on this podcast. They're like, like, oh, yeah, we got, you know, four weeks of rifle season, man. It, I mean, they just <laughs> slay the deer. Yeah, they're slaughtering them. They slaughter that's the deer. the second here. half of the rut and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, they opened this thing for three months here nearly. <laughs> Oh man, it's crazy. But yeah. It is. It is. Um, so that like kind of wraps up the the end of our our Kansas hunt. It wasn't like a great hunt. Some things happened. It was fun. It's always fun to get up there and go. And uh, we're hoping to be able to make it back up there one last time, probably like late late season. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of where we're going to go from here. Is like lay out the plan. Uh, we kind of joked about this beforehand. Like, the Element's having a good season, but the KC is not having the greatest <laughs> season at this point in time. So, I'm trying to salvage a season a little bit. You're trying to, like, put a cherry on top of it. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're making a late season push here. So, what is your plan to push towards that late <laughs> season? <laughs> um, I... Um, I'm, I, I would like to get out in Texas um, a little bit more because I have, I have not been on Texas public land since early November, and that was draw stuff. And so technically, like early October on stuff that, that, that isn't draw, uh, I have not been on. And we've got cameras out there, possibly. They either are stolen <laughs> or they're out there, and we need to check them. That's going to help a lot with my late-season strategy. They're out there rocking them railvax, and I know what's going to be <laughs> oh, the story oh. on most of them. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, yeah, there's, there's – um, there's so we we've talked about it before. There's a property called TR, and um, there uh, the way we look at it is kind of like almost in in halves, like an east and west of the property because just like diversity of habitat and this kind of thing. And so like the west side, we've hunted um, uh, in the past. We've had some decent hunts on it. Uh, we've probably wasted a lot of time there on both sides, uh, of east and west, and. For me, late season there is a good pinch that you, that you and I almost killed. Uh, we were it was for me last year. It was like a anything legal kind of thing in January, and it was for you, I guess too. And we almost killed on the same morning out there. It's when you killed the meat buck. Mm-hmm. Dare I say it? Rage. <laughs> and uh, but a buck that was intended for meat. Um, in case you're confused, I'll be on shooting that. hopefully many meat bucks this season because <laughs> your boy needs some meat bucks for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, I uh, almost killed at this little pinch, and I'd like to go in there and hunt probably. Um, there developed last year a lot of pressure from hunters in there, um, which the year before we didn't see as much. If that's the case, I may move to the east side of the property just to, just to see if like deer have been pushed that direction. Mm-hmm. It's a little more inaccess- inaccessible, um, but 
uh, also probably not quite as advantageous of habitat for deer to live in late in the season. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so. and there's some variety of food sources over there too. So it just kind of depends on what's going on right. with acorns or whatever else might be around as to what the deer are actually doing over there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of those things that we need to probably go scout out. You know, dude, like it's not truly in-season scouting, I don't think, because like you're going in there to hunt. But, like, part of that hunt is the experiment as to, like, oh, what's going on over here? I'm going to mm-hmm. sit and see, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Because on, we talked about it before. We're hunting tiny deer, and they just – this is kind of your thing, but, like, they don't leave a lot of sign as far as trails and stuff go because they just don't push in the ground very hard. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty hard to go into a place and be like, oh, there's a bunch of deer using this right now because I can see all these tracks, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sometimes, especially – in a place where they're kind of dispersing and not following a, a main trail through a hard pinch or something, like uh, it takes a sit to yeah. really learn that oh, much about for it. Sure, that's that's kind of that's kind of my strategy um, for the next probably like couple weeks here. Uh, and it, this depends on we also uh, a new development for us is that we are trying to work uh, in a hunt, another out of state hunt in Alabama. Uh, we will kind of keep you up to, up to date on if that happens and how. That's um, who knows how that's going to play out right yeah. at the moment. But so that's but you know around however I can work around that to hunt in Texas. I've missed it. I've, I've missed hunting the public here in Texas um, just because it's it's something that we prepare for every year and this year we haven't utilized that preparation very well and you know we we've developed a few years of history of uh, just how the deer move through a certain area and some mm-hmm. of these places we hunt. And, and and I think that you become, you know, you eventually get to where you can learn something pretty well and, and feel pretty good about your chances when you go into certain spots. And yeah. I'm at that point that, like, I feel pretty good about our chances in some spots, but I missed all the best hunting, you know, so we'll see. Maybe. I mean, I think about uh, Babylon as being a place that I really want to go back to in mm-hmm. the later part of the season. I mean, it's, you know, we've killed uh, a deer there, and um, I, if, I think, if I'm thinking right, it was like December, <laughs> it was December 15th or 16th whenever I shot and missed Scar, right? It's the 18th. 18th, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's pretty late in the season. Yeah. And that's there was a, place, a lot of pressure in there that year. That's right. So if we can have a similar situation, that could be good. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. And that's a place that does get some pressure, from time to time, but I still think it's uh, it's what we like to call deer movement area. Like, there's still going to be some deer running around DMA, over there. DMA, baby. Yeah, DMA. Hey, uh, just go ahead. That's the next big thing. Is this the DMA? Know. Yeah. You know, know how like Mark... Bug uh, betting? No, I was thinking uh, uh, Mark Drury has the MRI, you know. Oh, We've got the, the DMA. And, and the BBBs from uh, Lee and Tiff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. BBDs, bro. <laughs> yeah. We got the BBBs. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. <laughs> We're just copycats. <laughs> we, had, we got a BBB the other day and we had Brian on. Qua- uh, Cinquenta <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever it is. Five of them. Yeah. yeah. Sequential. Uh, uh, sequential bees. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, but uh, Babylon's a place that I look to to have some late season movement. It, I've had some really, really stinky hunts in there in the late mm-hmm. season, but I feel like um, it's one of those places that if you go in there on a on the right wind on a cold day, like there's not a lot of these in Texas, but anything can happen there, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it gets exciting. Another thing is we have that low country spot. Yeah, that was on my list too. That uh. We uh, kind of been back pocket a little bit on that spot. We hunted a little bit early season, but then like the whole month of November was when we said we were going to get in there. We never hit it because we were pretty much out of state or I was hunting close to home because it just pressed for time. I was, I told Justin, I started telling Justin about stuff yesterday or two days ago. And I was like, dude, I left in late October and went to Iowa, came back for like a day, went on my hunt in Texas from there went to Kansas uh came back for a couple of days went to Iowa went back to Kansas from there <laughs> then went and I've been to Kansas since the Iowa trip too Ooh. so like November didn't have any days in it really for mm-hmm. me I mean I was home like maybe four or five days I think total in, in November so unfortunately that's that for me I haven't been able to get over there and I haven't looked at the card but after last year in that area, I know we could have sat there from about the 10th through the 20th 
for three days and killed a buck. Like every, I bet they could every three, there was a three day window in there somewhere where a buck was always in there. There's seven thousand nine hundred something pictures on that card, and I've looked at all of them. Uh, I bet you two thirds of them at least have deer in them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a whole bunch of false captures. There's right. some, and there's some some pigs and other junk like that. But there's a lot of deer running around over there. Yep. Uh, some really good deer and some at least one or two really great deer, uh, especially for our area. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of sickening a little bit to think about it. But either way, uh, I think that that plays some form or fashion plays into the late season strategy. Uh, it's probably not very strategic. It's kind of go over there and hunt and hope something comes by. Yeah. But the deer on that place are mobile. That's yeah. like in the daytime. Yeah. Uh, a lot of late morning movement, which mm-hmm. I've talked about this some and I think you're in ingredients like I think that we discount how much deer move around from eight thirty to ten o'clock in mm-hmm. the morning. Like there's a lot of moving around going on at that time of day. Especially in areas that don't have much ag, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So like for instance, so a lot of times some of the places we hunt in Kansas and especially here in East Texas, like the deer the deer are gonna get off of ag fields pretty early, mm-hmm. but I know like even there's there's a, a public place that you and I have hunted in Kansas, a public track, and that has no ag on it mm-hmm. and nothing real super close, but uh, nothing on it, and you'll see deer there at nine o'clock all the time. Yeah, you okay. know I've never really hunted a place or like hunted mule deer, right? But I feel like guys who talk about mule deer talk about how like they'll do something in the morning and make a bed and then they'll get up and the second bed's like the final one mm-hmm. i kind of wonder if whitetails like where we're hunting are kind of like that where mm-hmm. they do something all night and then they kind of go to like this like a little mill around staging area for the mid-morning and then like they make their final move maybe they're waiting on the the wind to be official for the day you mm-hmm. know how the wind in the morning kind of gets weird sometimes yeah. and then finally like you know, midday, it's doing what it's going to do the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they're doing. Like, they're sitting around waiting on that wind to finalize, and then then they know, okay, I can go bed over there. And, like, for at least until the evening, the wind's going to probably do that same thing. Mm-hmm. And if not, it's going to be a big front or something, and they probably they aren't thinking this logically. But, you know, they know that if a big weather system moves in, they can get up and move around. Right, kind of out, yeah. of, out of, like, experience and habit, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, – you know, for me, those those are the two spots I had uh, for most of December until we go back to Kansas. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've got any other. Well, local I got a little stuff something or... something I learned from truck scouting the other day. There's a uh, on a place that <laughs> it's kind of uh, a place that we've talked about a lot. There's a uh, new food source that's developed that we might have to go check out and just see. You know, it's kind of one of those experiment kind of things. It's uh, a little bit closer to home than what we normally hunt. Um, and uh, I think that there could be a deer killed over there, possibly. Public? Gonna, mm-hmm. All right. It's going to take some uh, difficult, uh, I guess, access to get there. But eh, what's that whenever you're young, strapping men? That's right, man. <laughs> Where are those guys? <laughs> oh. I'll send them over. <laughs> yeah, send them over. I'll hop on, gladly hop in their backpacks. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, if we get to go back to Kansas, or if I do, at least um, – I think my strategy is going to be get close to wheat. That's yeah. kind of my, my strategy. Um, late season, I've had a lot of luck um, in that kind of area. And I feel like that when the corn ran out on the stand last time we were up there, and you were talking mm-hmm. about that earlier, I feel like those the reason we had bad hunts was because those deer transitioned up to different food sources, which uh, in that area were going to be wheat. And I think uh, it's just a good December food source mm-hmm. in Kansas, you know, um, and, you know, if you've got beans and that kind of thing, too, that's that's probably not a bad idea. But uh, that's probably what I'm going to focus on just because that's my experience mm-hmm. and um, try to be close to that kind of stuff. So I've probably got a pretty detailed idea of what my late season hunt in Kansas is going to look like. Um, I'm probably going to involve some wheat like you're talking about, but I'm going to roll up there with eight bags of corn in the back of my truck. And as soon as I get there, I'm dropping corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, like baiting, don't like baiting, whatever. It's it's legal there, and it is the the way to kill deer 
effectively with a bow. With a bow, yeah. like no question. I mean, dude, we could, you said earlier we in that open country we could kill some deer with rifles. I think. Yeah. Not to not to make it sound like I was a rifle hunter. It's easy, but there's a there is an, an inherent challenge. That comes with bow hunting. Oh, and, and getting so, them close, especially in more open country, it is tough, tough. Yeah. So and the, concentrating the animals, you know, like golly, if you went and sat that same place that we were talking about with not a corn pile there, how many deer would you see? Probably like the morning that I sat there with no corn pile, zero deer. Yeah. Zero know? to two. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and they're not going to come anywhere near you. Yeah. So my plan is to go up there. Uh, we dropped a bunch of corn there. At that 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 uh, we'll just call it like the bluff place, mm-hmm. right? And uh, well, before we left, we we dropped a bunch, hoping that it would at least hold over for for a week, two, maybe three, uh, until we can get back up there. Um, and I want to go back and drop corn there as soon as I can. I'm going to go to another spot on that property, drop some corn there, um, and then go drop some corn over where the big eight point the big nine point are Mm -hmm. on that little permission place and after i get all that done i think then i'm going to head to some public and hunt and let that corn sit for a day or maybe even two and let them get reacclimated to having that food source there and then Mm -hmm. go in and hunt when it's on a good wind depending Mm -hmm. on and and from those different places you'll be able to hunt multiple winds and uh plan on going up there to kill a deer man that's my plan it's good uh, you know and we then to. uh here's here's the plan kill a deer on day two and camp chef that's what i'm talking about <laughs> just, just eat them up baby <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the plan i'd love to do that and uh get I told, home i told my dad last night he was like man he's like because we he we went over to his house and mm-hmm. he, was, he had some steaks he's like these are the leftover from camp you know and i was like man it's like it'd be nice to have a gas grill up there and he's like yeah it would he goes it's just kind of hard man when you're getting up that early and getting in after dark you know and it's like it just it gets hard to stay up and and cook and charcoal and all this stuff and it's like yeah i mean that's like what what we need to happen somebody needs to shoot a daggum deer in early november that's right and be the camp chef you know like even october you know and then like you just got a rut chef the whole time you're there dude oh how cool would that be and we got some good cooks in that camp (laughs) we sure enough do everybody there can cook yeah yeah yeah. it's fun man so i hope that uh we get to go back up there together and do that thing and also uh split a little gas on the way up next time that would be That'd be ideal. It would be, man. I'm going to try to make that work. Um, <laughs> I I hope that the late season works out for you, man, even more than I do myself because I've already shot some deer. But Appreciate that. I, uh, I am definitely starting to itch again, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a, that was a dead gummit, man. It's been like a whole three weeks since I shot a deer. <laughs> I, got, I got to do it. You know? I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. man. I need to. It's, well, uh, it, I don't know. It's just... It's fun to do, man, and mm-hmm. and uh, we only get a couple months, and then it's you know instead of I guess I could go bow fishing, but uh, I just prefer to catch them on a fly mm-hmm. rod nowadays. Yeah. You know that's not really so. the coolest, <laughs> unless you get gar hold, then you got to bring your bow. That's hey, that. that's right. <laughs> uh, so I <laughs> this is a little bit far off the the topic here, but I really thought I didn't look at the regulations for your Texas going into the year. And I had assumed that the doe days were expanded, but around the same dates. And instead, they bumped them from the beginning of rifle season for two weeks. So I thought that around Thanksgiving, I would get to shoot a doe. Mm-hmm. You can't. Nope. No, no, no dead does happening around Thanksgiving. So my only opportunity at this point in time in Texas is to shoot a doe on public land, uh, which hmm, can happen, um, or try to do the muzzleloader thing again this year, which I just do not like shooting mm. that muzzleloader. Yeah, that video never made it to our channel. No, <laughs> no. I missed a hog like 50 yards, and it ain't because the, the – I thought I made a good shot, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But You packed too much powder on one side. I don't know. That's the problem, man. Like, goodness gracious alive. This is yeah. silly. But It, it kind of is. Uh, so, yeah, that's what stinks about hunting private right now, which is what I'm fixing to go do this evening. Um is uh, you you only have one target and that's a mature buck pretty, pretty much, much. Yeah. yeah or a spike which you don't really want to shoot not on off my own property you yeah. know yeah or even off of anybody's property tell you the truth of the matter i mean i shot one last year on public because it was january and i needed some more meat you yeah. know but like i don't know it's just not 
something I like to have to do, but I will if I need to, but especially on my own property when you're trying to manage it, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. They, uh, for what it's worth, on the public places, uh, they have doe and spike draw hunts. So it's not like they're trying to manage the spikes there either. Right. You know, it's like it's yeah. silly. But whatever. <laughs> Anyways, that's the, that is the late season. It is not too late, guys. I feel like we have this hot fest every year on the podcast, but it is worth having. Like it is. Man. December's a good deer hunting month. It's it one of the three months we get to hunt deer. So yeah. get out and there. And it get actually after. happens to be cold here usually. As opposed to October. Yeah. There's a cold front blowing in right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be cold tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, Tuesday evening is going to be a great deer hunting day, probably for most of the deer hunting world. So get out there and get after it because you can kill them tomorrow. It's good inspiration. Or tonight. Yeah, that too. And that's a good way to wrap it up, I think. Make sure and go real quick. As soon as this is over with, go uh, to YouTube and check out our Texas Public Land Buck video that is dropping at pretty much the same time as this podcast so go check it out and remember this is your element living it market house has the cleanest leanest juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.